0: Number 10. May I have your attention please? 9, 8, 7,
1: 6. It's time for the final countdown. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number one.
0: Welcome to the Top 10 Sports Business Stories of 2023. Now, to count them all down, here's your host, Brian Berger and
1: Griggs. Well, thanks for joining us on the last edition of Sports Business Radio for the year 2023. It has been an outstanding year full of great guests. We'll get to that later. But as we do every year, we count down the top 10 sports business stories of the year according to our crack staff here at Sports Business Radio. And I'm joined, as always, to reveal this list by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. Happy holidays to you and yours and everybody uh, listening. Thanks for another great year. And yeah, it's a fun show. We always loved counting it down. Uh, Done this for many years with you. And uh, just a good way to close out a year every year and kind of look back at the year. And it's always funny. I mean, we say this every year. When you look back at the year, you're like, wow, that happened in this year? Some of these things seem like they happened 20 years ago, but it was just this year. It's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. In some ways, it was a very long year. (laughs) (laughs) And in other ways, it was a pretty fast year. Right. And next year, 2024, is year 20 for Sports Business Radio. So uh, early in the year, we'll be announcing some fun things that we'll be doing to celebrate year 20. I know you're working on a new special open Mm -hmm. for our podcast to commemorate 20 years, but uh, what a run it has been. I mean, I see podcasts come and go there's a lot of them out there now but Griggs we've we've remained in this uh crowded space for 20 years so I'm very proud of that
0: No you should be it's uh it's been fun I've been with you I think 12 of those years 13 something like that and uh yeah it's been uh we've you just knock out the good guests every week we have a lot of fun with the show travel hit the road you know have some fun too and uh, it's been a great uh, year or 20 years, and I can't believe it's been 20. I can't believe I've been working with you for this long already, 12 years at least, and it's just like, wow, flies by. But yeah, looking forward to 2024 and the big 20-year anniversary.
1: Yeah, we've had some good trips. We went to New York this year. We went to Las Vegas. Um, Coming up next year, like we said, we're going to do a big show to commemorate 20 years. Um, We'll have some good shows coming up and some good travels ahead. But let's start the uh, countdown to our list. Are Are you ready to go? Let's go. All right. The 10th biggest story of the year 2023 in the world of sports business this was a record setting deal the NFL's Washington Commanders became the most expensive sports franchise ever sold 6.05 billion with a B <laughs> They sold to a group led by Josh Harris, who also owns the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers, the NHL's New Jersey Devils, Magic Johnson, also part of that group. And the league, the NFL, rids itself of controversial owner Daniel Snyder. So a double win for the NFL. You put the house on the market, it sells for a record price, and you get rid of the worst, most controversial owner in your league a win-win for the nfl griggs
0: big time i mean this is one we've talked about for years with dan snyder i mean we we've had you know at length conversations you've had with uh, various guests and yourself too but you know he's just been uh, a a bad spot a black spot on the uh, nfl you know it's like no we gotta get rid of this but it's taking forever so that's a big big move to move him on and uh great ownership group with the new crew as you mentioned magic johnson one of them and many other great names but six billion you know What a, what a sale. And, you know, Washington is a, is a brand that's been around forever. It's got a huge fan base, great market. So uh, excited to see this uh, franchise move forward for sure.
1: So a few things to watch for with this, the, uh, commanders play in the oldest stadium in the NFL FedEx field was built in 1997. It's had all kinds of problems. No warm water in the visitor's (laughs) locker room. Maybe that's on purpose. Um, (laughs) Pipes have burst, all kinds of issues. So I would imagine as part of this new ownership group, they're going to build a new stadium. There have been renderings that have been shared. um, And, you know, that's only going to make this a a better proposition. You know, we talk all the time, like the Atlanta Braves have done. When you're building a new stadium or arena now, you want to develop the land around the venue. So is it retail? Is it hotels? Is it restaurants? Um, it's not just a stadium in the middle of nowhere with lots of parking. There's other things that are taking place during non-game day. So I would look for a mixed-use venue slash you know economic development piece of real estate um, that is part of this deal. But, Griggs, again, the headline here, the 10th biggest story, the richest – sports franchise sale in the history of pro sports. And this isn't just North America. This is globally, $6.05 billion. All right, our ninth biggest sports business story of the year 2023. It's not often that a Major League Baseball team relocates. In 2005, the Montreal Expos relocated to Washington, D.C., In 1972, the Washington Senators moved to Texas. Well, guess what? The Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas. So this is the third time since 1972 that a Major League Baseball team has relocated to another city. Now, this has been approved by Major League Baseball. Um, There's agreements in place, but it could still fall through. And Griggs, this is going to be the lamest of Duck franchises for the next few years (laughs) while the stadium in Vegas is being built. They've got one more year on their lease in Oakland. So the 2024 season will be in Oakland. Then after that, for a couple of years, probably two, maybe three, where do they play? They've talked about playing where the San Francisco Giants play at Oracle Park in San Francisco. They've talked about playing in Mexico City, potentially. They've talked about playing in the minor league ballpark in Las Vegas. Or do they extend the lease in Oakland for another two years? I can't imagine fans in Oakland are going to come out and watch a lame duck team that they know is moving and put money into the pockets of the owners of the Oakland A's on their way out of town. And then the other part of this story, Griggs, is Oakland lost the Warriors to San Francisco. Oakland lost the Raiders to Las Vegas. Oakland is now losing the A's. So pro sports in Oakland, as we knew it, has essentially gone away.
0: Yeah, that's a big point. I, when you say all three of those big franchises have jumped ship in Oakland, kind of puts a picture around, like, wow, Oakland just can't hold, hold a team of any kind down there. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, why would you go to a game of a team and support a team? And it's not cheap to go out to a game. We've talked about that before, you know, to support a team that's not going to be there and that clearly they're not going to stack the team and you're not going to have Otani playing or any of these big names. They're going to try and, you know, filter it out and rebuild, as they say, literally and physically uh, in Vegas. But this is very interesting to me. I think this is a very interesting story. We talk about what's coming in the next couple of years. This is one we're going to watch because there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Like you mentioned, where are they playing? How long are they going to still be in Oakland? Are they going to release? Are they going to move to play at the high school stadium in Vegas? So I think this is very interesting story for me just to keep an eye on because I think it's going to have some big developments coming up.
1: Yeah. So that's the ninth biggest story. Again, a rarity in Major League Baseball for a team to relocate. This is only the third time since 1972. But like you said, lots of uh, parts of this story still to come. I'm sure we'll be talking about it well into 2024. All right. The eighth biggest sports business story of 2023. We're combining this. Two major pro sports franchises win their first championship. Let's start with the NBA's Denver Nuggets. They joined the ABA in 1967. They joined the NBA in 1976. They hadn't even been to the NBA finals until 2023. And they beat the Miami Heat in the NBA finals. Uh, Joker, Nikola Jokic became a household name. Um, He's won MVP awards. He won the MVP of the NBA finals, but... This was long overdue for the Nuggets franchise. Uh, Shout out to Declan Bolger, our friend, who's the chief marketing officer for Cronky Sports. He gets a ring. Um, But, you know, finally the Denver Nuggets break through after all of these years, and they're one for one now in the NBA Finals, and there's a pretty good chance they could repeat. As as long as Joker and, and Murray are healthy, um, they're going to be right in the mix come the end of this season. So, uh, you know, Stan Kroenke owns the Denver Nuggets. He's won a championship with the Colorado Avalanche. He's won a championship with the NFL's Los Angeles Rams. He's won major championships here. In the last few years, and the Denver Nuggets is yet another one for him.
0: Yeah, I think it's awesome because I love a team that you know has been in the league for so many years, and you got a fan base. It's great. Denver's just a great you know city for for all sports, but uh, for hoops, and they haven't won it. It's always fun to see the team that hasn't won win finally and be around for that uh, because. You know, I'm a Blazer fan. I wasn't alive yet when the Blazers won in 77. So I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that (laughs) championship for my own team. But, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's not the Lakers. It's not the Celtics again. It's not some of these teams that everybody knows. It's a team that not everybody knows. And now we do. And like you mentioned, Joker is a household name. Such a fun team to watch. He is just absolutely so He's he's masterful on the court. He's just a a player like we don't see every day. So uh, congrats to the Nuggets. Yeah, they deserve it. Great year. And I, I I agree with you. We could have a repeat too, for sure.
1: And it's a quote unquote small market, right? You know, this isn't Los Angeles. It's not Chicago. It's not New York. It's a, it's a smaller market. So big victory for small market teams as well. All right. The other part of this headline is the Texas Rangers. They also win their first championship. So you got the Nuggets winning in the NBA. You've got the Rangers winning in major league baseball. The Rangers had been to the world series in 2010 in 2011 they finally break through and win here in 2023 Corey Seager is the MVP um you know great for the state of Texas great for the people um, in Arlington and you know the Rangers have been in Texas since 1972 and had not won a title so this was big for them the downside is it was the least watched world series in world series history so Not a lot of people watched the Texas Rangers defeat the Arizona Diamondbacks, but nonetheless, the Rangers got that World Series victory.
0: You know, I I actually liked the World Series this year because it had two different teams that aren't household names in there, especially your Diamondbacks. I mean, how fun was it to have Arizona in there? Um, but I think that makes it fun for me just as a sports fan. I like having different teams. We've talked about it with national championship game and college football, you know, world series, all this stuff. So I think it was fun to see two teams we don't see all the time play and talk about Texas. I mean, baseball is such a long season. We talk about it too, where a team can kind of be nothing in the beginning of the season and middle, man, they just ramped it up at that last half of the season. They were unstoppable. I mean, they were just a dominating team. They were hitting good. They were pitching good and uh, well-deserved for Texas to take the, take the world series.
1: Yeah, unexpected for the Rangers to kind of break through and, uh, you know, come from the wild card slot to win the World Series. So, all right, that's our eighth biggest sports business story of the year. Two franchises, the Nuggets and the Rangers, break through and win their first championships in long history. So that's a big one.
0: You're listening to Sports Business Radio's top 10 sports business stories of 2023. More of The Countdown up next.
1: Talent, hard work, focus, and determination got you here. Now take the right steps to prepare for your future and ensure that you stay at the top of your game, your business, your craft. Morgan Stanley Sports and Entertainment is a division of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management dedicated to serving the unique and sophisticated needs of elite And professional athletes, entertainers, executives, creators, and other top talent and professionals in the sports and entertainment industry. They deliver the education, strategies, and expertise you need to help advance your financial game plan at every stage of your career journey. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at MorganStanley.com backslash G-S-E. Now back to the countdown of Sports Business Radio's top 10 sports business stories of 2023. The seventh biggest sports business story of the year 2023. And this could have been maybe a little higher on the list, (laughs) but the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles become the most watched. Super Bowl ever. They become the most watched TV program ever. Griggs, 115.1 million viewers mm. across all platforms. Fox had the game, even bigger than the game itself. Your girl Riri. Rihanna, yeah, 118.7 million viewers tuned in to watch her 13-minute halftime show at Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. So record-setting game, record-setting halftime show, record-setting commercial payments, uh, $6.5 million for a 30-second ad. Advertisers are going to pay $7 million for a 30-second ad for the upcoming Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. So Record setting all the way around, Greg.
0: Well, and the reason the advertisers keep spending the money is that number you said first, $115 Ooh, million. That's a big number. I mean, you can't get anything in front of that many people on this planet except for the Super Bowl or any NFL you know game is always the highest rated, but the Super Bowl just killed it. And you know why? You've got two incredible teams led by two dynamic quarterbacks. I mean, it's must-watch TV. If the Eagles are playing, you're watching. If the Chiefs are playing, you're watching. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, that was a fun Super Bowl my claim to fame with Riri is I met her when she was 15. She had one song out, Panda Replay. To, to see her now and what she's become the, you know, I think she's the most wealthiest uh, female artist out there now, over a billion. But uh it's crazy. I just looked back at that moment when I saw her in my my radio studio back in Portland going to a show at some little tiny venue in Portland that night for a thousand people, and now she's Super Bowl killing it. So that's pretty cool.
1: I think Taylor Swift has her beat probably, probably does. earnings. Uh but Taylor Swift. Beyonce and Riri huge 2023s for each of them (laughs) tip of the cap to each of those women. And, uh, you know, I know it's not sports business, but wow, did they break all kinds of concert records, movie records, Super Bowl records, halftime show records. And by the way, this was the first year that Apple instead of Pepsi sponsored the Super Bowl halftime show. So Apple music has to be thrilled. With the fact that 118 million people tuned in now, I will say this I know a lot of people love Usher. I'm just not that excited about Usher for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. I know he's done his residency there, I know he's got some classics, but for a magnitude of this performance, I think they could have gotten someone better. Um. You know, we'll see. He's a great dancer. He he has done some good things. I don't know how relevant he is with the younger demo today, like Riri is, um, and some other entertainers that are out there. But, you know, that's why I'm not being paid the big bucks to select the halftime performers.
0: I agree with you. I'm not too excited about it. I agree. Great performer. Great dancer. I'm sure the show will be fine. But how many viewers do you keep tuned into that show? That'll be the question. I think I talked to my son. He's 17. He knows one Usher song, the number one hit. Yeah. With little John and the whole crew. Everybody knows that song. He doesn't know anything else about Usher. You know, Rihanna, he yeah. could probably name 10 songs. So I think it's, right. do you get that younger audience that the Super Bowl loves? And and I think the female audience will show well because it's Usher. I mean, he's an attractive dancer who can sing great. So I think that'll pull well. But I'm interested to see how much, how many people turn away during halftime and how many people stay as com- you know compared to last show.
1: Yeah. But so the seventh biggest story of the year. The Chiefs-Eagles set a record, most watched television program of all time, beats MASH, beats Friends, <laughs> beats Sopranos finale, everything that's out there. This was the most watched TV program in history. It shows the power of the NFL, shows that star power that you talked about with Mahomes and Hurts, Travis Kelsey, and you know some of the other star players that were in that game, but you know, I really feel like you can match almost any team in the NFL up in the Super Bowl, and it's still going to draw at least 100 million. Maybe it doesn't get to the 115 number, but it's going to draw at least 100 million. That is the power of the Super Bowl. All right. Our sixth biggest sports business story of 2023 the growth of women's sports. So attendance, viewership, sponsor dollars, college and pro. Has grown immensely in the last year. And, you know, we've had so many amazing women on this show Sue Bird, Maria Sharapova, uh, Candace Parker. Uh, we had Monica Abbott on this year. I mean, the list goes on and on. Chris Evert. Um, and we've seen that women's sports has been undervalued. And it's still undervalued. Like, this isn't a celebration of like, hey, everyone finally figured out that women's sports is valued the way it should be. It's still undervalued, but it's inching in the right direction. And we had Women's World Cup this year, which generated $570 million alone. It took place in Australia. Uh, viewership and attendance and sponsor dollars were up big for the NWSL and the WNBA here in America. Um Both of those leagues have added a franchise in the Bay Area. So you've got Bay Area FC coming to NWSL. You've got a team owned by the Warriors ownership coming to the WNBA. There's lots of money in Silicon Valley. That's going to infuse money and interest into both the WNBA and the NWSL. But Griggs, according to estimates for the year 2024, elite women's sports is on schedule to generate revenue of $1.28 billion. So, you know, you see the Caitlin Clarks at Iowa and how there's like a line of people to come get her autograph at an Iowa Cubs game, or she can fill the Iowa football stadium with 75,000 people. You see women's volleyball at Nebraska sell out Their stadium. You know, again, we've seen increases in viewership for the WNBA and the NWSL. And then we had World Cup this year, a major event for women pro athletes. It's all trending in the right direction, still has a long way to go. If anyone's out there and they're listening, I would say, and we said this a few years ago, keep investing in women's sports. It has a lot of upside. And I think people are finally starting to catch the clue on that.
0: Yeah. I think you mentioned too, that I was going to mention. Um, I love the growth of women's sports in the collegiate world. You mentioned the Nebraska volleyball. How cool was that in the outdoor stadium filling the whole stadium? I love that. Caitlin Clark. She's massive right now. I'm picking up endorsement deals all over the place and, and I think that's really awesome when there's, you know, the college world is getting a lot of, uh, you're getting a lot of respect and followings and getting to know some names and household names in the college world. And then they go into the WNBA or wherever they end up playing. So I think that's great. And also you've got, um, you've got Paris Olympics coming up too, which is also great for women's sports. Cause you get to see a lot of women's sports. You don't know ne- necessarily as much. It's not you know, on TV every day. You get to see the, you know, the gymnastic world and all this other stuff. So I think that's uh, that's also a nice little push coming for women's sports too.
1: Yeah, I mean this is going to be a big year for Simone Biles, and you know we're going to see some big things at the Olympics. So that's a it's a great point. All right, the fifth biggest sports business story of the year, 2023, another record. Shohei Otani, record setting, ten years, seven hundred million dollar contract with the Dodgers and if you listened to our show last week with Greg Sankey in our headlines, we broke down the contract a little bit. It's an interesting setup with this contract so 20 million will be paid to Otani over the first 10 years so two million dollars a year 680 million will be deferred at the end of the contract and you would think if you're Otani you take up residency in Florida or Texas, Somewhere other than California, which is a heavy income tax state, and you keep the money in your pocket, the 680. Um, That's probably what's going to happen. How can he live on a paltry $2 million a year? (laughs) It's because he makes $50 million a year in endorsements globally. This is a global superstar. This isn't just someone with appeal in Major League Baseball. He's from Japan. Lots of advertisers and sponsors around the world want to be part of what Otani stands for. He's the modern-day Babe Ruth. Some say even better. Um, And, you know, he's not going to be able to pitch this upcoming season. He'll just be a hitter, but he's a pretty darn good hitter. And then when he gets back to pitching, you've got a unicorn. Mm -hmm. You've got one of the most rare athletes in the world. I love the fact that he's gone to the Dodgers. I think he needs to play for a big brand for Major League Baseball to make him the face of Major League Baseball. The Dodgers have already done a great job of marketing him. Uh, They set a record for jersey sales in one day, broke the record uh, with Fanatics that Messi had set earlier in the year when he went to Inter Miami. So, you know, already they're selling a ton of jerseys ticket prices have skyrocketed for dodger games good thing we went to a dodger game this year gregs instead (laughs) of next year we wouldn't be able to get in to dodger stadium but you know they already set attendance records year after year the dodgers Otani's only going to make them stronger i love that he's deferring this money a because i think it's smart because he's going to keep more money in his pocket at the end of the deal when he probably moves to a tax advantageous state but also he's allowing the dodgers to surround him with players so they can compete for championships and when you have your best player in the league who's on tv in the postseason and who's competing for championships this is what major league baseball needs mike trout and shohei otani in the last six or seven years have not been in the playoffs they're two of the best players in major league baseball and when they're not in the playoffs It's not good for TV ratings. It's not good for interest. You want your best. This would be like if Michael Jordan or LeBron James or Giannis never made it to the postseason and you just saw them play in the regular season. You want your top players in the playoffs. And now with the Dodgers, who have been in the playoffs, I think, 10 of the last 11 years, they've won their division. There's a pretty good bet with. You know, the roster they're building that Otani is going to be in the postseason most every year.
0: Oh, yeah, I think uh, it's a great team for him. And you mentioned the 50 million in endorsements. That's only going to get more because now he's on an iconic team that, you know, everybody watches the Dodgers. Everybody knows about the Dodgers. So he's going to even have more, you know, viewers uh, seeing his game. So. Yeah, I mean, what a huge contract. I love the the contract. I love watching these, seeing these big contracts, how they kind of make them different. Everyone's a little bit different. You know, there's different things here and here, but this one's kind of one we haven't really seen with that big amount deferred to the end of the contract. So I thought that was very interesting, very smart for the agent and uh, obviously Otani too. But, you know, I'm looking forward to him playing baseball. It's going to be fun when he's back fully because his pitching game is just, uh, it's beautiful to watch. Hopefully that surgery will uh, keep him strong and keep him rock- rocking on the mound. But He's, a, he's an iconic player. He's must-watch TV, and thankfully, with being in Dodger land, we'll get to see him a lot.
1: He's 29 years old. He'll be 39 at the end of this deal. You know, I, I think it's a good gamble if you're the Dodgers. Um, they needed pitching. Again, he won't pitch this season, but you could have him for nine years after that. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I hope he stays healthy. He seems like he keeps himself in good condition and he's just a unicorn. He is so much fun to watch. And I'm so happy that he's going to play in a big market on a team that matters um, with an iconic brand like the Dodgers. You're listening to Sports Business Radio's top 10 sports business
0: stories of 2023. More of The Countdown up next.
1: Hi, Brian Berger here from Sports Business Radio. Underdog Fantasy is the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio and the fastest growing fantasy app. Underdog has a variety of daily and season-long fantasy games that you can play. Baseball Mania has $15 million in pool prize money and first place wins $3 million. You can play as many entries as you want, and once you draft your team, you sit back and enjoy. No lineup change is needed. An underdog pulls your best performers and gives you those points. You never have to worry about leaving the wrong player on the bench again. For daily fantasy, I love playing pick'em and rivals. With pick'em, if I get five picks right, I can win 20 times my money. It's a fun way to do over-unders on player stats as well as pit players against each other. We've got a special offer for sports business radio listeners. New users get up to $100 matched on their first deposit when they use the code SBR, like Sports Business Radio. SBR is the code to use. So download the app at underdogfantasy.com or in your app store, and then enter the promo code SBR to get up to $100 to play with. Also, make sure to listen to my conversation on Sports Business Radio with Underdog Fantasy founder and co-CEO Jeremy Levine. He shares the unique story of how he founded Underdog Fantasy, and he has great insight into the future of daily fantasy and sports betting. Thanks to Underdog Fantasy for being the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio.
0: Now, back to the countdown of Sports Business Radio's top 10 sports
1: business stories of 2023. The fourth biggest sports business story of 2023. This might be the deal of the year. Like, we just talked about Otani's deal. Great for Otani. Might turn out to be great for the Dodgers. Might turn out to be great for Major League Baseball. But this deal right here, it's pretty darn good. Deion Sanders, prime time, goes to Colorado. Before he ever coaches a game, they bring in tons of revenue. $8 million in donations. They sold out their season before they ever played a game. Ticket sales. Increased $20 million. So Dion signed a five year, $29.5 million contract with the University of Colorado. He has just in the first season, $280 million worth of economic impact when you estimate media exposure, ticket sales, donations, NIL. Uh, You look at the VIP money, how many stars were on the sidelines. The games are on TV and getting great ratings, even games that are like taking place at midnight or one <laughs> in the morning on the East coast. Um, it was must see TV, not so much at the end of the year, the buffs kind of ran out of steam, but what an exciting injection and infusion of energy into Boulder. And you see How would you hire a Dion or you hire a Nick Saban or you hire, you know, one of these difference maker coaches, especially with NIL now where you can come in and basically they say to Dion, look, if you want to turn over the roster, go ahead. Here's the pool of money for NIL. Go build a roster. And he did. And again, there's a lot of excitement there. They sold so much merchandise, but $280 million, just according to USA Today. Is the economic impact. Um, you know, we're not even counting the impact he had on the city of Boulder. Imagine all the people coming into town for buffs games, staying at hotels. I mean, if you were a buffs fan before, Colorado football, they were one in 15 before he got there. You weren't flying into Boulder to go, hey, I'm going to the buffs game, unless maybe you're an alum. Now you've got people coming in from everywhere because they want to see Dion, they want to see his buffs. And it's a happening. So Boulder also benefited by the prime time of fat grades. Yeah. He's
0: also such a charismatic guy. I think he's relevant all week long. He's in a press conference. He says something, you know, funny or, you know, poignant or whatever. He just hits a, a point that's like, oh, that's a, that's a TikTok reel right there. I mean, he's just so good at being an iconic name that just knows how to generate attention, you know, and, uh, I think he brought in, I don't know how many transfers, 50-something transfers, I think, the first, first season. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. And uh, like you mentioned, the sideline impact with all the celebrities. And, you know, it show, Boulder's a great city. It shows well. It's a great stadium. It's awesome. The flyovers with the mountains. It's not like it's an ugly place. So that helps too. But what a, what a change uh, for one guy to come in. And like you said, $280 million in impact just this season. So I'm excited to see his next uh, couple years as he continues to build that roster.
1: I mean, here's a stat for you. I think everyone was watching that first game. They were on the road at TCU. Yeah. And they beat TCU, who played in the national championship game last year, got thumped by Georgia, but still played in that game. Colorado sold $430,000 worth of football tickets just in one day, the day after Colorado (laughs) beat TCU. 430,000. They probably didn't sell that many tickets for the entire season before when they were. You know, one in 15 or yeah. one in 12 or whatever they were. And, you know, like you said, Dion's so charismatic. He's got such great ties to the NFL. I love how, you know, Tom Brady was mentoring Shadur Sanders, Dion's son who played quarterback for the Buffs. Um, just a lot of great stories there. But I mean, if you're talking about return on investment, <laughs> $29.5 million over five years, and then you get $280 million worth of in Investment return in year one. I mean, imagine if he stays for four more years, what that impact is going to be. It might be, you know, five or six times what Colorado is paying him. So um great deal for the Colorado Buffaloes. All right, another huge deal, and it's our third biggest story of the year, 2023. Lionel Messi goes to MLS. Now, this was an interesting deal too, much like the Otani deal we just told you about. This was a pretty creative deal as well. So he signs with Inner Miami. He has a base salary of $12 million, more than $20.4 million in guaranteed compensation. And he has an option for an ownership stake in Inner Miami, owned by David Beckham and a consortium of others when he is done playing and he's expected to exercise that option. Um, And then, you know, the other part of this deal is Apple TV did the big deal with MLS. And let's just say things were lagging at the beginning of the season. Messi comes on board and it supercharges that deal. So the only place you can watch major league soccer is through streaming on Apple TV Plus. And as soon as they got messy, boom, the subscriptions for people to watch MLS skyrocketed. And, you know, they don't release specific numbers, but, you know, according to various reports, they inflated quite a bit. And, uh, you know, just general interest during the summer, Griggs, I know we would. Flip on MLS. And I mean, there were a lot of games of his that went to PKs. And then I will say this when he wasn't playing or when inner Miami wasn't playing, I lost interest yeah. in MLS. I, I just, he's one of those athletes that transcend sports. Like I love when he got to Miami, he went grocery shopping with his family and people are like taking pictures with him in the aisles <laughs> at the grocery store. In Miami, and he could never do that in Europe. Like he'd be mobbed. So I'm sure he and his family were kind of like, hey, we can go to the store, <laughs> we can pick out some ice cream, you know, get some milk, some eggs. Like we can live like normal people here in Miami. Yeah, people are going to come up and, you know, ask for pictures, but like he would get mobbed in Europe. So that's a win for him as well. You know, you saw how excited David Beckham was. Um, to have Messi playing for Inter-Miami. You know, they had the jersey reveal and, you know, just such excitement for Inter-Miami. And you saw the difference he made. He basically was playing for the worst team in the league. And then when he got there, they became one of the best teams in the league. Unfortunately for Inter-Miami, they were so far down in the standings, even when Messi came, they weren't able to recover and, and make the, uh, playoffs at the end of the year, but Messi to MLS made them very relevant during the summer months, helped the Apple TV Plus deal, helped with those jersey sales. Like I said, Otani recently broke the record, but Messi has the second highest jersey selling um, this year with Inner Miami. So, all the way around, a great deal for Messi, a great deal for the owners of Inner Miami. And a great deal for Major League Soccer and a great deal for Apple TV+. Plus.
0: For sure. I think uh, it's it became must-watch. I mean, he is a dynamic player. He's one that transcends, you know, he, everybody knows who he is. And game one, he comes in there and, and scores, I think, two goals his first game. Like, he instantly makes an impact. And they interviewed a lot of the players that play with him, too. You know, they're coming off a horrible season before. I think they won one game or something, a couple games. And instantly, the players around him want to play better because you've got the best player in the world playing on your team, and it makes the whole team better. And I think we saw that too. They were dominating games. They were scoring, you know, three, four, five goals a game. So, uh, man, he's just fun to watch. He's just you can't the the defense. They'll put three guys on him, and he dribbles through them all and scores. I mean, you can't stop the guy. So I think it's uh, like we talked about with Joker in the NBA. He's like you can't you can't triple team the guy. He still figures out a way to score. So I think yeah, uh, yeah it made MLS fun. Miami, great market, you know, fun market, very soccer friendly market. Um, I think that's fun too. So yeah, cheers to MLS on that move. Yeah. I mean, he
1: is so much fun to watch. He creates space, which is so hard to do on the soccer pitch. Yeah. And he just needs like a little sliver of daylight to get a shot off. And like 95% of the time, if he gets that daylight, yeah, he's making it from anywhere. Hit the <laughs> angles that he can play. I mean, it's really remarkable. And He's not a huge dude, but he's fast. He knows the angles. He's crafty. He's smart. Um, he just has it all. So, you know what a what a fun uh, thing for Inter Miami. The other thing, you know, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the social media following for MLS and specifically for Inter Miami went through the roof. Like, I mean, it was like a hundred times uh, for Inter Miami what they had. Previously, I think uh, this might be wrong, but I saw some stat about Inter Miami had more followers after they signed Messi than like all the other teams combined. So I mean, it's it's unbelievable what he does to shine the spotlight on your league, on your team, on the brands. Um, really remarkable. So again a huge move from Messi and MLS. All right, these next two stories, I feel like you need a PhD in sports business in order to dissect them. And we're going to try and do that here for you. They're very complex and they are enormous and they're still unfolding and they're going to unfold well into 2024, if not beyond that. The second biggest sports business story, 2023. The future of pro golf, the PGA tour and live PIF. What in the world is going to happen? So if you remember in June, we wake up one day and it's a surprise. It's the PGA tour and live are going to merge. And we're like, oh my gosh, wow. Okay. And we broke that down here on this show. If you go back to listen to episodes in June, I even did an emergency Instagram live um, you know, we broke this down a bunch of different ways and it essentially came down to the PIF has a lot of money and it's backed by the Saudis and they had more money than the PGA tour was going to be able to come up with. And they were going to continue to steal the PGA tour golfers and basically, you know, leave them with a bear cupboard. And did the PGA Tour really want to go up against a bottomless pit of money? Well, all these months have expired, and here we get to December. And what does Live Slash PIF do? A week ago, they say, "Hey, let's get one of the PGA Tour's best golfers. Let's sign John Rahm to a six hundred million dollar deal." This is the guy who is outspoken about, I've got enough money. There's no amount of money that could get me to go to the live tour. I'm perfectly fine. My family is very comfortable. Everything's good. Well, I guess when you put a check in front of someone for $600 million, that's all off the table because John Rom signed with live golf and PIF, and he's off to play for them. And according to many insiders, this was that poison pill that I talked about last week. This was Live Golf basically saying, look, we're just going to keep doing this to you. We're going to take your best golfers unless you do a deal with us. And oh, by the way, the deadline for doing a deal with us is December 31st. So we're recording this here on December 18th. They have until December 31st unless they mutually agree to extend that deadline to get the merger done. Now, Griggs, with all of that going on, you've got reports that a deal is brewing with a bunch of U.S. sports team owners and the PGA Tour. You've got people like Tom Warner and John Henry, who own the Boston Red Sox, Arthur Blank, who's been on this show, who owns the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Wyke, Grosbeck, who owns the Boston Celtics. You've got all of these people who are going to combine to inject money into the PGA Tour. It still doesn't mean that PIF wouldn't also be an investor in the PGA Tour, but the PGA Tour wouldn't need as much backing from PIF as they do right now. And again, this is like showing up to, you know, uh, I'm taking on Mike Tyson in the ring. Even, you know, 53 year old Mike Tyson is going to take me down pretty quickly. That's what the PGA Tour is going up against with PIF when it comes to money. They're always going to win that battle against the PGA Tour. You know, who do they come after next? Do they really send a shot across the bow and say, you know what? We're coming for Rory. We're coming for Tiger. We're going to put a billion dollars in. Front of them. We're gonna give them so much money that there's no way they're gonna be able to say no to this. Who knows how this is gonna unfold? But you know, the other part of this story is that PIF is investing not just in golf, they've invested in F1, they're investing in tennis. Um, if you notice a pattern, they're investing in sports where the people who watch those sports have lots of disposable income. Golf, tennis, car racing—the fans who watch these sports have a lot of disposable income, and they're very passionate about those sports. So there's a common thread. Doesn't mean that we won't see PIF maybe invest in, you know, an NBA team, um, in an NFL team, in a WNBA team or a NWSL team. What happens then? You know, obviously there's all kinds of politics around this because. You, know, you can trace where this money's coming from and you know you can see where it's come from and, and some of the, the blood that has been shed for that money. Um, so there's lots of controversy around all of this, but it is a story that is going to play out probably the next time we hear something will be around December 31st. Is there a deal by the deadline? Do they extend the deal? And then what happens from there? If they have a deal, how do you move forward? If they don't have a deal, does PIF just say, all right, we're coming for everyone on the PGA Tour. Like, we are going to outspend the PGA Tour. They cannot compete with our money. We're not going to rest until we have all of the best players playing for the Live Golf Tour.
0: Yeah, they sure have poached some big names already. I mean, obviously, Rom's probably the biggest as their biggest deal. But, you know, you, you open up the X or Twitter every day waiting for who's the next guy that's playing PIL because it's just like, this is crazy. I mean, it's just the, and the amount of money, it's not like it's these little deals. 600 million is a a massive deal for a golf deal. And I've talked about this. We mentioned it uh, as we talked about this earlier in the year, but I think the one thing that I'm really curious about is where are we going to see this golf? You know, what network are we going to get a streaming service? Are we going to, you know, the PGA tour has their thing. Well, where are we going to see the Saudi money go where's the streaming where are we going to see John Rom play where we're going to see all these big names play because so far you're not seeing Mitch you, you see highlights here and there and video things of it but they don't have that dedicated service for for seeing these matches so I'm curious about that obviously curious about if they do make a deal and there's been some bad blood we've seen Rory speak out about it we've seen other players speak out how do you put a deal together if you've got some bad blood there you know with these players that are switched over and players that are staying true to PGA so it's going to be a big time story in 2024 for sure
1: yeah, the Live Tour right now has a deal with the CW, so their matches have not been widely seen. Right, so you're paying a ton of money for the golfers. And by the way, you know the the six hundred million and the money that's guaranteed to Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka, that's just the guarantee. <laughs> that's not ca- and Dustin Johnson. I mean, you know, that's not even counting the prize money. So hmm. you know, you could go win another. 20, 30, 40 million for a year with prize money. You're playing in less tournaments. You get to wear shorts. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's team golf. So there's a team concept attached to it. There's branding attached to it. Um, it's really interesting. I, I think there's some interesting concepts that live golf has developed, like the team concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind the shorts, um, but you're right about the TV. And then the other thing to watch is as we, Sit here today, the live golfers are able to compete in the majors. If the majors ever come out and say, you know what, live golf, you can't compete in the majors, does that change things? Because if you're John Rahm or Phil Mickelson or Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau, why wouldn't you take the guaranteed money other than obviously the politics of where the money's coming from? But You still get to play in the majors. So a lot of these guys who are elite, elite, they are playing for majors. They are playing for legacy. Um, Yeah, they're playing for prize money, but they want to be Masters champion. They want to be U.S. Open champion. They want to win the Open. They want to win the PGA championship. That's what they're really playing for. And as long as they can continue to compete in the majors, there's really no downside for them. So. That's going to be interesting too. If that changes in the future, that could change all of this as well. Like if we don't see a deal between the PGA tour and live golf by December 31st, does PGA tour somehow apply pressure to the majors and say, look, the live Golfers should be shut out of the majors. And then what happens after that? So there's going to be more dominoes falling here. This story is far from over. Um, You know, PIF has a lot of money, a lot of money, and they're going to continue to invest it, not just in golf, but in other sports. But that's our second biggest sports business story of 2023.
0: You're listening to Sports Business Radio's top 10 sports business stories of 2023. More of The Countdown up next.
1: 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state of the art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer. At NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives, and the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G, now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio.
0: Now back to
1: the countdown
0: of Sports Business Radio's top 10 sports business stories of 2023.
1: The biggest story of 2023. And we have covered this from so many different angles. I think we had the most powerful executive in all of college sports on sports business radio last week. Greg Sankey, the commissioner, of the Southeastern Conference. Griggs, the landscape. Of college sports changed drastically in the last year. And we saw a hint of it in 2022 when USC and UCLA came out and said, hey, we're going to the Big Ten. And then shortly after the Big Ten said, hey, guess what? We have a new $7 billion TV deal with Fox, NBC, and CBS. Then this year, We saw the demise of the 108 year old PAC 12. And they lost everyone in the conference other than Washington State and Oregon State. And as soon as there was that infamous meeting with the commissioner of the PAC 12 presenting the Apple TV deal to the presidents of the schools. And, and as I said at the time, it was like if you're at a fancy dinner and you're expecting like a big steak and lobster and everything and they pull the cover back and it's like one P <laughs> on the plate. That's what this deal was. Yeah. George Klyakov basically pulled back the cover and says to the president, and here's a P. <laughs> and they were all on their phones within minutes. And first it was Oregon and Washington jumping to the Big 10. Then it was Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado heading to the Big 12. Then it was Stanford and Cal going to the ACC. Then there was a lawsuit for Oregon State and Washington State against the rest of the conference. (laughs) Who gets control of the conference? Who gets the funds remaining? Oregon State and Washington State do. They won. So, the other schools are off to those conferences. Play begins next year. It's crazy because, you know, if you watch the comments that Chip Kelly, the head coach of UCLA, made in the last few days, and I thought they were spot on. Mm-hmm. Do you break football away from everyone else? Are you really going to say, hey, water polo and lacrosse and tennis and women's volleyball and soccer? are going to travel from the west coast like Oregon Washington UCLA and USA would be doing to go to the east coast and vice versa are you really going to have the secondary sports fly all day to play on the other side of the country think of the expenditures think of the time required by the student athletes to travel there and back i just don't think it's sustainable but from talking to commissioner sankey last week on sports business radio It doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. Now, the SEC is in great shape because guess what? They still have a pretty good geography of their conference. They're not making cross-country trips. Their student-athletes are playing in the southeastern region of the United States. By the way, while we're on this topic, and I said this earlier in the year, the Pac-12 is now the Pac-2. The Big Ten is now, I think, the Big 16. The ACC has Stanford and Cal in it. Can we call it something else? (laughs) Let's change the name of the conferences. Everyone other than the SEC basically needs to change the name of their conference. This is no longer the power five. It's the power two. It's the SEC and it's the big 10 and the 12 team college football playoff starts in 2024. Actually 2025. Um, at the end of the next season. And if I was gambling and you said, Berger, picking the winner of the college football playoff, you get the SEC in the big 10, or you get the field, everyone else in college football. I'm taking the SEC and the big 10 yeah. every single year. The winner of the college football playoff is going to come from the SEC or the Big Ten. This is super conference time. We've talked about it with Kirk Herbstreet. We've talked about it with Mark Emmert a few years ago, who's the former president of the NCAA. This day was coming, and it's now here. The other part of this is you've got the SEC's new $3 billion deal that we talked about last week with Commissioner Sankey. They're now on ESPN Disney. No more uh, CBS. That's a game changer for them. I thought ESPN did a great job and ABC this week. You saw some reveals on Good Morning America. You saw some reveals on ESPN for the full SEC schedule. Um, They've got all kinds of options because they basically have two networks that can carry games ESPN and ABC versus just CBS. So you're going to have afternoon games, you're going to have primetime games. The SEC is going to be big, even bigger than it's ever been before. And by the way, don't forget, you have Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC uh, starting next season. Two huge college brands. The other part of this, Griggs, that is just mind-boggling is the transfer portal. You may see players play for four different teams in four years. Some of these quarterbacks are going to go to the highest bidder. Like we talked about with Dion in Colorado earlier, these schools basically have a pool of NIL money and they're going to go, well, I can go buy a quarterback for 3 million bucks, or I can buy a quarterback for 2 million bucks, or I can get a wide receiver. I can get the best defensive player. Where do I want to spend my NIL money? What does my team need? And the days of like just being a good recruiter and beating people out, now it's going to be you got to be a good recruiter. You got to promote the athlete so they get to that pro level. And you better bring the money. Show me the money, as they said in Jerry Maguire. And uh, that transfer portal is going to continue to spin round and round and round. We've seen this even in women's college basketball, right? Where some of the, basketball players transferred to LSU. Um, you know, we've seen it in other sports, but football and basketball are the main revenue generators and that's where you're going to see the most transfer portal moves made. And then like we said, NIL is only going to get bigger and bigger. Like there's no turning back on NIL. I don't see them coming out in 2 years going, "You know what? We decided we're getting rid of NIL." Now athletes can't take advantage of their name, image and likeness no they're going to continue to do that and this is what these schools have been waiting for all these years like hey if you watch the the movie uh uh one-on-one with Robbie benson way back in the day he would show up at like the athletic department and they'd give him an envelope full of money and he'd go watch the sprinklers on the football field (laughs) like they literally paid him to watch the sprinklers now that's pretty over the top but now you can legally give athletes money and say, oh, it's an NIL deal. And we're going to pay you, you know, two or $3 million to come play quarterback at our university. I mean, how many quarterbacks have been in the portal just in the last month? And, you know, your ducks just got the guy who was playing quarterback at Oklahoma last year. Um, it's affecting recruiting. Cause it's like, oh, I was going to go to that school, but they just got someone out of the portal I'm going to have to sit on the bench. I'm going to go to another school that's going to pay me a lot of money (laughs) instead of sitting on the bench. So you take your portal quarterback. I'm an incoming freshman. I'm going to go sign over here now because I want to play from day one. I want to prove myself. And then I'm going to be up for the highest bid. And then I'll hit the portal and go to another school. I mean, Bo Nix, also your guy from University of Oregon. He played six years of college football. He started more college football games and anyone in the history of college football. These players who probably aren't going to be stars in the NFL or in the NBA, they're going to drag out their college experience as long as possible because they're going to make more money in college with NIL money than they would if they go to the pro level and they're holding a clipboard or you know, they're in the G League, or they're, they're not playing very much at all. So we talked, I mean, we've been doing this show, like I said, 20 years next year. We have talked about this day coming for years. A lot of people are shocked. They can't believe it's here. They can't believe that college sports is basically pro sports now. By the way, have you seen some of the facilities at Oregon and Georgia and Alabama and LSU and Notre Dame? They're better than the pro facilities. They're better than the NFL and NBA and Major League Baseball facilities. We've been heading this direction for a long time. Griggs, it's here. It's the top story of 2023. The college sports landscape has changed forever, and there's no going back.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things to, you can't even wrap your head about, you know, all the all the angles and the stories from what we just mentioned here, but you know, I think the thing you mentioned, too, that it's the two power conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. And that helps in this transfer portal, too, because look at that SEC TV deal now. What kid does want to go play at, you know, LSU or Georgia? I mean, you're getting even more exposure now with ABC and ESPN. You're going to be on in the middle of the day. Everybody's going to be watching you. I mean, yeah, you can see why these kids are jumping around. It's the ultimate musical chairs on, like, you know, chipmunk speed. It's just like every single second, there's another tweet from somebody else. I'm playing here. And then another player saying, oh, I'm not going to play there now because this quarterback's going here and I want to play with him. It's it's comical how it is. And now there's money involved. And uh, you know, you bring up a good point too. I think a lot of these kids that maybe won't be a pro star, they're making their money now. They're making a couple mil to go play at a university. Why not? I mean, you're, you're 22, 23 years old and you get a $2 million deal to go play a year of college uh, football or basketball or whatever it is. Why not? Why would you not do that? If you're not going to be a Patrick Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts and you know it, take the deal. So, yeah, this is uh, what a crazy story. We've been talking about it forever, talking about playing or paying players here. They were in that world. Now, the super conferences and all this stuff we're in that world. Now, uh, it's going to be fun to watch in uh, 2024 for sure.
1: Well, and I think, as I said earlier, the SEC has a distinct advantage over the Big Ten. And it's that the travel. Yeah, is regional. Mm -hmm. It's not cross country like you've got in the Big Ten. So if you're an elite athlete and you don't want to travel a lot, but you still want to play at one of these huge schools that's on TV every week that might get you to the next level, that's going to get you that NIL money. The SEC has the advantage over the Big Ten. I just don't think it's sustainable for the non football and basketball sports to travel cross country to play water polo or volleyball or tennis or, you know, the non-revenue generating sports. So, you know, we had Martin Jarmon, the athletic director of UCLA on earlier this year, great interview, you know, from the athletic director seat, he provides some good insight into the challenges and the budgeting of how you're going to make this work growing, going cross country. Um, but, you know, you <laughs> know, let's work out some of the simple things like changing the name of the conferences <laughs> yeah. to the big 16. And it's not the ACC when you have two teams from the Pacific coast playing in the ACC, Stanford and Cal uh, the big 12 has, I think 16 teams in it now too, because they added these Pac 12 schools, the Pac 12 has two. So, you know, let's change the names, the brands. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to that pack too. Do they have to go to the Mountain West Conference? Do they recruit eight teams or 10 teams to come to the Pac 12? It's going to be a lot harder to get a media deal with two teams in your conference now than it would be if you had the footprint of 10 or 12 teams in your conference. But, you know, I want someone, I know we have a lot of great, talented people who listen to this podcast. Can someone please? do the autopsy documentary of the Pac-12. Yeah. I, I want to see where the bodies are buried. Take us back to the days of Larry Scott, bring it into current times and show us the business case study of how an 108-year-old conference died this year. Because there was a series of things that had to go wrong with the commissioners, with the presidents, with the athletic directors, with the transfer portal and NIL money coming into play with TV money and the media rights at play. Like there's so many elements that went into it, but that's a documentary that I want to watch. And I just want to look at the aftermath of how this all unfolded.
0: Yeah, I think that's like a a 30 for 30, but like a six month long series. Like it's going to (laughs) be that long of a series, you know what I mean? To get all the bones dug up because you know there's some stories that uh, nobody wants to hear. That's gonna eventually come out because I mean, yeah, I think I mean it's just been imploded. And it's it's fascinating being in the Pac 12 on the Pacific Northwest, you know. It's just this is all I know growing up is Pac 12, Pac 10 when it was Pac 10. And it's uh it's sad to see it fall apart like this. And, you know, you feel bad for the the Washington State and Oregon states too, that kind of, you know, lost out on it. I mean, they did win the suit, which is great, but still it's like, where are they gonna end up? It's just a, it's a, the door keeps opening and closing all over the place. And it's uh it's fascinating to see where it's gonna end up.
1: Yeah, but if you look at why college athletics has changed so much. It's it's media rights and the TV money, yep. right? You heard Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC last week say, "We got smart after the CBS deal. We left the ability to renegotiate the TV contract in if we brought other teams to the conference." So when they brought Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, they were able to go back to the to the TV bargaining table with Disney and say, "Look, We're bringing in two major powers to the conference. This is valued at a higher price than what we signed with you before. And they were able to change that. The Big Ten also left that in their deal. So they were able to bring in Oregon and Washington after already bringing in USC and UCLA. So media rights is a driving force behind this. NIL money is a driving force behind this and the transfer portal. because. At the end of the day, when you're talking about the college playoff, when you're talking about where do you want to play, the SEC or the Big Ten, this is a TV show. You want to be one of the stars of the TV show playing at an elite program where you're going to be on TV all the time, where you're going to get the big NIL money, and where you have a chance to compete for championships. And then even more than that, you have a chance to get to that pro level if you're an NFL You want to be in the NFL. You want to be in the NBA. That's what's happening here. So there's a lot of contributing factors that kind of all came to a head this year. But our number one sports business story of the year 2023 is the changing college sports landscape. Like we said, it's going to continue to evolve. There's going to be lots of stories as we go forward. Um, But wow, what a year the collegiate sports landscape.
0: Well, this is exactly why you got to be listening to us January 2nd and throughout 2024, because there's just, there's going to be information. There's going to be new stories. There's going to be new, you know, updates on these big stories. So, you know, makes it fun to to start a new year fresh because, you know, there's going to be a whole new slew of top 10. So here we go.
1: Yeah. And on that January 2nd show, we are going to preview 2024 And talk about some of the stories that we think you should be paying attention to. Obviously, Paris and the Summer Olympics is on that list, right? Um, We talked last week about Tiger Woods and Nike. Do they stay together? Do they split up? If you didn't hear my uh, riff on Tiger and Nike after, you know, here we are in Portland, Oregon. I've talked to some people at Nike. Um, Interesting insight on our show last week that I was able to provide. Um, The NBA, we had Adam Silver on two weeks ago. We talked about what's the NBA looking for in their next media rights deal. He gave us some hints as to what they're looking for. Do they get a deal done and agreed to in the year 2024? That's something to watch. AI and sports. Wow. I mean, could we see the day, Griggs, where umpires in baseball go away and balls and strikes are called by AI? And it's much like tennis, where, you know, you have uh, basically a computer telling you if the ball is in or out. Um, Sports performance, analytics, all types of things could be controlled by AI. So that's going to be interesting to watch. All right. We had some amazing guests on Sports Business Radio again this year. I know I'm going to leave some people out, so I'm apologizing. I loved each and every guests that we had on this year, but here are some of the big names that I invite you to go back and listen to. Again, people, these are the smartest people in sports business. These are the people who are running the sports business world. If you listen to them, you're going to get smarter. You're going to be able to read the tea leaves and bring some of these hints that they're giving to your organization. This should be must listen for you every week. Not for me, not for Griggs, but for the guests that we have on this show that are telling you where things are going. Okay, so we just mentioned NBA Commissioner Adam Silver joined us two weeks ago. Last week, it was SEC Commissioner, Southeastern Conference Commissioner Greg Sankey. So right there, two of the most powerful sports executives in all of sports were on in the last two weeks. How about let's add in the all-time leading rusher and NFL history. Emmett Smith was on with us. One of my favorite TV shows of all time wrapped up this year, Ted Lasso. We had members of the cast of Ted Lasso on. We we went Hollywood, Griggs, mm-hmm. and you know, had a, a great day with some of the cast members and brought you a show with those interviews. Hall of Fame basketball player Tracy McGrady was on the show this year. Hall of Fame boxer and promoter Oscar De La Hoya was on the show. And that was a candid interview. If you want to hear a candid interview, no punches pulled, pun intended. (laughs) Listen to the interview with Oscar De La Hoya and watch his documentary on HBO. It was fantastic. My favorite Peloton instructor, Emma Lovewell. She wrote a book this year. She was on with us. That was fun for me because I'm a Pelotoner and She took us behind the scenes of how do they build the playlists and what kind of music. And, you know, she had a great story. She emailed the CEO at the time of Peloton saying, I want to be an instructor. Like she shot her shot and it worked out. So Emma Lovewell has a great story to share. Her book is fantastic too. I went to Duke. I went to Cameron indoor stadium and saw A Duke basketball game that was on my bucket list. And while I was there, I interviewed the GM of Duke basketball, Rachel Baker. That was fantastic. So on Instagram, I posted pictures at Sports Business Radio. Um, I got to tour the facilities. I saw where everyone was camped out, the Cameron crazies to get tickets to the basketball game. That was fun. And then if you go way back in the year, you know, and we do this every year and hopefully we're going to do it next year, but we're, Lucky enough to get Peter O'Reilly, who's the executive of the NFL, who puts on the Super Bowl, who puts on the halftime show, who puts on Super Bowl week. And he doesn't talk to many people. He doesn't do many interviews, but he joins Sports Business Radio every year the week before the Super Bowl. So hopefully we're going to do that again. But again, if you want to learn from the smartest people in sports business, this podcast has to be in your rotation. This should be required listening for students in sports business programs at colleges around the world. Um, There's some really smart executives and athletes who come on this show. I want to thank our sponsors this year. Morgan Stanley has been so much fun to work with and, you know, just a great financial partner. Um, Sandra L. Richards, Stephen Elmore. We had Alice Milligan, the CMO of Morgan Stanley, on about a month ago. They have been outstanding to work with. Um, Boingo has been our longtime partner. They sponsored the Roadshow last week with Greg Sankey. Um, We were in Las Vegas at their beautiful Innovation Center um, with the president of the Las Vegas Golden Knights earlier in the year, Kerry Bubols. I'm going to make an announcement right now. January 9th, it's going to be the Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented once again by Boingo. We'll be back in Las Vegas at the Boingo Innovation Center. And my guest, Misha Tate, just a badass UFC fighter, former champion, um, has millions of followers on social media, so well-spoken, doing some really interesting things. We've never really talked UFC on this show as far as like having someone on to interview. So I'm really excited. We're going to do that in front of a packed house at the Boingo Innovation Center. That's coming up on Sports Business Radio on January 9th. So Griggs, your 20 comes. We're hitting the road. <laughs> We're going to Vegas right away. And we land on... January 8th, Monday night, we're going to be able to sit and watch college football playoff championship game. That's going to be kind of fun too.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, we always have a good time traveling and you mentioned some great uh, interviews from this past year and credit to you for pulling awesome, awesome interviews week in, week out. It's not easy to do. And I know you work hard at it. So credit to you for that. And your Thank great. You. your are great uh, skills in interviewing. So yeah, I mean, the conversations are awesome. Just hop on Spotify or uh, Apple podcasts and just have a, have a ball over Christmas break here. You know, listen to some of these interviews and learn a lot because they, uh, they are, it's a masterclass. I mean, some of the names are just incredible and they are so smart and they're so uh, intuitive and, and, and can see the future. They got crystal balls, you know, Adam Silver, we had on, like you mentioned. Talking about what's coming with the NBA, and you know it's just fun to listen to it. It's fun to learn new stuff, and uh, you got a whole book of it just sitting there. Go listen, have a fun Christmas break, listening to some great interviews.
1: Well, and the thing that has changed in the last twenty years is these athletes are CEOs of their own brand. They have equity in deals. I mean, you look at Tracy McGrady, you look at Oscar De La Hoya. De La Hoya has had a great career as a promoter after being a boxer. He learned the business, and now. He's a promoter promoting the biggest fights in the world. So, um, you know, Tracy McGrady has his uh, basketball league going on. And, you know, again, we've had so many athletes on from Maria Sharapova to Sue Bird to Damian Lillard to um, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, a lot of great athletes who are CEOs, and there's so much money in sports business. Now, we're not talking about, hey, So-and-so signed for $5 million. We're talking about Shohei Otani signing for $700 million. You could almost go buy your own team in a lot of different sports for that amount of money. So the athletes are very savvy now. They're very, very smart with how they invest their money and the other businesses that they run and the deals that they take equity in that you could turn a few million into hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars. And um, it's really been an amazing transformation to watch that maturation process over the last 20 years, but it's exciting. And it's exciting that we've had these great sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. um, They've been a great sponsor for this year, too. So thank you to them for their partnership. And, you know, we're looking forward to uh, announcing our partners for 2024 early in the year. Again, 20th anniversary of Sports Business Radio in 2024. Nisha Tate coming up on January 9th, that January 2nd show. We're going to try and read some tea leaves and tell you what's coming in 2024. Super Bowl is going to be coming up quickly. College football playoff is going to be coming up quickly. So, you know, right when 2024 Comes around, rigs, We're gonna hit the ground running.
0: Yeah, I love it. Just, just no shortage of uh, fun stories to look forward to in twenty twenty four and big deals, like you mentioned. Money is just insane; it keeps going up. I'm excited for Super Bowl. That's always fun just to get the data after the game to see how many viewers and how much the commercials played. And yeah, it's just fun. It's a it's a fun show. Love working with you. Obviously, we have a good time and looking forward to a new fresh year.
1: Yeah, thank you for all your amazing work and your contributions. Like you said, you, we've been working together for years. Um, I have as much fun traveling with you as I do doing the show. Like, yeah. you know, not everyone is a coworker that you want to travel with you and I, we kill it. On we, do. we do. We do. We have the best food. We go to Dodger games. We hang out in Vegas and I show you how to lose money playing craps. It's <laughs> true. Like, I mean, we, we've we got it all dialed in. We we go to Canner's deli in Hollywood and make friends with the servers there. And, we eat our dinner at 4 30 PM with the seniors. <laughs> like we we have fun wherever we go. And, you know, I, I cherish all of those times. And uh, you know, as we get older, it's even more important that we have fun during those times.
0: Yeah, life's too short. You gotta you gotta hang out with people you like hanging out with and have fun while you're doing it because uh there's too much bad crap in the world. You gotta have fun when you can have fun. I agree.
1: Yeah. All right, let me plug a few things. You already plugged that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. We actually have a YouTube channel. So if you go to sportsbusinessradio.com, it's our hub. It has links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel. But if you just Google Sports Business Radio YouTube, you can watch some of our interviews as well. Um, we've got you know Nicole and Jeff on our team now. Um, we've got really good video clips that we're going to be doing. In 2024. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram, at Sports Business Radio. On X, we're at SB Radio. Threads and TikTok, we're also at Sports Business Radio. So, you know, we're in a lot of different places, but the main component of all of this is this podcast. That's where it all kind of comes together. That's where you're going to get valuable insight from the guests that we have on each week, the biggest names in sports and business and you know i'm excited to attack 2024 with vengeance and you know really get after it in our 20th year um as you will hear with our new open i take pride and i wear the badge proudly that danica patrick called me the og (laughs) of podcasting and uh you know there might be a few podcasts that have been around longer than 20 years but we were pretty much on that Cutting edge. I know podcasting started in uh, 2007. So we started as a radio show in 2004. We were on local Portland radio. Then, after a year, we graduated to Sirius XM radio. And then we're like, hey, let's throw this up as a podcast when podcasting launched in 2007. And we've been doing it ever since. And then I think it was around 2012, they were like, you know what? We're podcast only. No more radio. I got sick and tired of taking breaks. Hey, we have a great guest. Can you stick around through five minutes of commercials? (laughs) No. You know, if we have David Stern in New York for 90 minutes, we go 90 minutes. You know, I love that podcasting has no limits, has no boundaries, is downloadable on demand. Anyone in the world can listen to it anytime. And then, you know, as I've said, if I'm being reflective here for a minute, Unless they get rid of the internet, long after I'm gone, people are going to be able to listen to these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I treasure that, that people will learn. I mean, look at how amazing it is that we can look back on David Stern's you know thoughts at our roadshow in 2016. We replayed that about a month ago from The Vault. Yeah. And he's no longer with us. So be able to hear his voice and hear his wisdom and hear why he made some of the decisions that he made. Um, you know, I'm going to give a quick shout out. Brian Windhorse from ESPN sent me a text after listening to that and just thought it was such a, a special conversation with David Stern. And I have such respect for Wendy and what he does at ESPN. He's like pro pro. So for him to send a text and, and say how much he loved that interview and, you know, it was really one of the definitive David Stern interviews that he's ever heard means a lot to me. So we're going to keep doing good work. We're going to keep getting great guests. We're going to keep uh, bringing you insight that you're probably not going to find too many other places. We're going to keep having fun, Gregs.
0: Yep. That's the plan. I think it's a great plan. And, uh, you know, audio is powerful. It's a, it's an amazing medium. It's like you mentioned, it's around forever, uh, which is awesome too, because you can listen to these conversations with people that have passed on and you, know, you still learn from them. I mean, David Stern has so many nuggets that, you know, <laughs> we're coming up on what, eight years since that last one with him and you're still learning. So it's, uh, it's awesome. So yeah, looking forward to 2024. Love talking, love doing the show. And uh, yeah, let's go.
1: And a quick thank you. Uh, I know this is audio only, this this podcast, but uh, I'm sporting my Milwaukee Bucks gear that they sent me. So fear the deer. <laughs> thank you to Barry Baum for hooking me up with some Bucks gear. It was fun having Peter Fagan, the president of the Bucks on about six weeks ago. That's another tremendous interview. If you want to hear our small market team capitalizes on stars like Giannis and Damian Lillard to become a global brand and get sponsors all over the world. Peter Fagan had some great insight in that conversation. Well, Griggs, uh, what are you doing for the holidays and New Year's? Yeah, it's just sticking around
0: here. My family, my parents live a little bit away from me, but they're coming into town. So they'll be here next weekend and uh, hanging out with you know, just the family and having some good food and uh, just chilling, not too much going on, which is kind of nice. I like just kind of relaxing and having some time with my kid and my wife and my family around town. So yeah, it'll be fun, a fun little bit. And I know you've got a trip coming up, I think, don't you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to escape the Oregon rain and go to sun in Arizona, which is where I'm from and visit some family there. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I'll be back here right before New Year's. And then we will be hitting the road to go to las vegas to start the year and uh yeah las vegas man they've got super bowl coming they've got year 2 of the f1 partnership coming later in the year they've got the a's coming potentially nba is probably going to be coming at some point lots going on in las vegas and we'll be in the mix uh right off the bat on january 9th with the sports business radio road show presented by boingo i also want to thank our listeners our viewers on YouTube, our followers on social media. I love when I hear from the people who uh, listen to this show or watch this show or follow us on social. Um, You know, we really take those interactions seriously and love hearing from people. And, you know, one of the biggest compliments I can get is the number of people who work in the sports business industry where this podcast is mandatory listening. For their employees and where they're taking some of the best practices discussed on this show by the adam silvers and the alice milligans and the greg sankey's and they're applying it to their organization this is like a master class again i'm not taking credit i hopefully ask the questions that you want asked and then get out of the way of the guest but we have some really smart guests who are on this show and if you listen I think there's a lot of nuggets that you can apply to your organization immediately. And these guests show you the tea leaves and tell you where things are going. So um, you almost by osmosis get smarter. If you listen to sports <laughs> business radio every week, great.
0: No, I think so. I think uh, I, I look forward to the interviews every week. Cause I do, you will learn business, you know, tidbits that, Hey, I can use this even in my little world, you know, of business, you know, and uh, it's so fun to just learn from people that are, are brilliant people and brilliant minds that have a history of, you know, proven results. And you can take their, their input and be like, I can use this because it works for them. It can work for me and whoever else I'm talking to. So I think it's a learning experience every single week and it's fun to do that.
1: The last thing I'll say is, uh, I just hit double nickels. So December 15th, I turned 55 and, you know, I think back 20 years, I was 35 when I started this show. And so much has happened. You know, I've had a daughter. Um, I'm divorced. Um, You know, lots of relationships have come. Most of them have stuck around, some have gone. But, you know, life happens, right? And there's just some amazing people that we've met along the way who I cherish as friends now. Um, I'm so fortunate to have been friends with someone like David Stern and people I have such respect for in this industry who, you know, I'm able to text or call. Um, And, you know, it really is a blessing to be able to sit in this seat and have these conversations and get smarter and interact with some of the smartest people in the world. And, And, you know, some of these people have become friends. So, Um, You know, I'll tell you a very quick story. And this is please don't think this is name dropping. This is not about me. This just shows you uh, some of the amazing people that, that come on. When NBA Commissioner Silver came on with me a couple weeks ago, at the very end, I sent him an email and I thanked him for coming on Sports Business Radio. Within an hour. Get answered the email. Thank you. Happy holidays. I mean, you want to talk about a class act?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The fact that I get to interact with people like that and have direct access to them, and you know, you see what class acts they are, um, it's pretty cool. So, you know, if you had told eight year old Brian Berger with uh, NBA posters of Michael Jordan and you know, NFL posters of Walter Payton on my walls, uh, that I'd be doing this and I'd get to talk to some of the people that I've gotten to talk to over the last 20 years. I probably would have said, nah, I think you're, (laughs) you're smoking something. I'm not sure that that's going to happen. Um, but it's happened and it's been life-changing and it's pretty cool. So, you know thanks to everyone out there who has made this dream a reality
0: well you talk about you know relationships and people are the key in life and when you meet people that are solid people and you can have relationships and grow those relationships and form it's just a bond that you don't have with uh, with everybody and that that makes such an impactful thing happen in a life so i think and we saw that with the covid thing when you're not talking to people and you're not seeing people you're not meeting people it humanity is supposed to be with people we're supposed right. to be around people and talk to people and have relationships. So I think you hit on a good point there of getting to know these people and learn from them and, and, and have access to them and be able to talk to them and, you know, it makes a big difference and, and you really can learn and, and really change your own life because of relationships you have. So
1: I think it's awesome. Well, you bring up a really good point there and, and it's kind of the last nugget that I'll share is attendance across the board, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NWSL, WNBA, it was all record setting this year. And I think, yes, sports is increasing in popularity. But as we discussed a couple of years ago, people came back in full force. Mm -hmm. They want to be around other people. They want to be at sporting events and they want to mix with other people and they want to have fun and they want to create memories. And sports is a way for people to be able to do that. So it was so cool to see in 2023 that it was fully back for the first time in a couple years and hopefully it remains that way. But you're right. People are meant to be together in person. You know, I'm old enough now where I don't like just communicating with people on text or email or social media. Like I want to see people in person. And, you know, I think that's where the magic happens.
0: I agree. And live sports, you're right. There's something about being with other people cheering for that goal with, you know, 50,000 people around you doing the same thing. The energy is unmatched. You can't find that anywhere else. And you definitely can't find it sitting in a COVID house with, uh, you know, an empty stadium. So I think uh, it's so awesome that it's come back and everybody's like, all right, we're back and forth. Let's make some noise. Let's cheer for our team. And I love it.
1: All right. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season, um, a safe and happy new year. I hope that people are with uh, friends and family and just people that you enjoy their company. Um, And we look forward to year 20, which will start for us on January 2nd. Happy holidays from all of us here at Sports Business Radio.